Hello literature students. Um, today we are talking about Carpentaria by Alexis Wright. Uh, we're going to be speaking a little bit about the post-colonial meta-language um, that, you know, is situated around this text and apply it to some of the key ideas and, and bits of evidence that are prevalent throughout. So um, I have a list here. I'm going to go through these and we'll connect them up as we go. So the first um, meta-language is ambivalence. This is the ambiguous way in which colonizer and colonized regard one another. The colonizer often regards the colonized as both inferior yet exotically other, while the colonized regards the colonizer as both inevitable yet corrupt. Um, Examples and analysis from the text, we see this in Norm Phantom in terms of the river that's named after him by the colonisers. Uh, obviously, we're aware that the river wouldn't be um, originally named the Norm River as such. Um, it would most likely be named the Victorian, uh, Queen Victoria River. Um, and this has, this has come about due to his leadership within um, his Indigenous community uh, within the prickle, Pricklebush mob. So um, this is an example of ambivalence. The next one is alterity, and you'll have to uh, you'll have to forgive me. I'm going to butcher the um, pronunciation of these words. Um, alterity, A L T E R I T Y. This is the state of being other or different, uh, the political, cultural, linguistic, or religious other the study of ways in which one group makes themselves different from others. Um, we see this in the way in which the Pricklebush continue to live their um, dreamtime stories rather than only follow Christianity, which has come about due to post-colonialisation. Uh, um, so um, this is something that occurs and we heavily see that through ideas around Angel Day and her collection of um, the Virgin Mary statue and, and the dialogue around that and description around that in relation to uh, white people's religion and religious experiences and faith and the differences between Indigenous and white um, beliefs. The next meta-language we're going to focus on is diaspora. D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A. This is the voluntary or enforced mitigation, the can't talk, the voluntary or enforced migration of peoples from their native homelands. Diaporic literature is often concerned with questions of maintaining or altering identity, language and culture while in another culture or country. Um, this is prevalent through multiple facets. First of all, the Pricklebush clan have been driven off their land in the development of desperance. So we get this strong divide bet um, between white and black community um, where the Indigenous population are living on the cusp of the community of the town. Um, placement, Place and placement is a theme in Carpentaria where we get a really strong sense of kind of where everybody is meant to be geographically located. And it's to emphasise divides and um, exiling and, you know, um, hierarchy, I guess, within communities. Um, Mossy Fishman is also, is also an, uh, an analysis around this meta-language concept um, in, in the sense that he's a nomad with his convoy and they're constantly moving. So he doesn't necessarily have a place uh, or he's been, he's been, he doesn't necessarily have a place to be static and um, 
you know, set up shop kind of thing. He's consistently um, shifting around and that's it's almost part of his identity. Um, and in the wider context, we're, we're talking here about um, colonisation actually pushing the Indigenous people away from their sacred lands and potentially using the land not in a sacred way. Okay, the next meta language that we're going to talk about is exoticism. This is the process by which a cultural practice is made stimulating and exciting in its difference from the colonizer's normal perspective. So in the first chapter of Carpenteria, we get this um, very standoff, like one alone description of the Dreamtime stories about the Rainbow Serpent and its creation of um, the world, I guess. Um, and it's very Alexis Wright's um, descriptive writing is very it romanticizes this idea that um, the, these stories and these and this mythology and cultural traditions and whatnot, which is fantastic. She does a very good job of it. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the characters and their uh, white characters versus black characters in terms of um, understanding of cultural traditions and whatnot. We see this very prevalently through Angel Day's, um, I guess you'd call it, tra uh, traditions of going to the tip and, sc and scavenging for um, supplies and items, resources and whatnot. Um, and this is viewed upon by external people, both Indigenous external people and um white external people as being potentially disgusting, potentially, um, you know, a, gr a gross thing, I guess. Um, but also we get this kind of, it, it's, you, you know, you first thought about reading when you, when you experience this section of text and you're reading about Angel Day and, and her collection of all this stuff. As a white person, your first thought is, you know, ill kind of thing um but then you get to the point where it's it's almost written in a very positive way where she's actually um improving her life and, and it's almost something that's almost um exciting you know that she's going it's, it's like she's shopping really you know she's going to the tip and she's shopping for the things that she can use um, one man's trash is another man's treasure as such um, so it's not completely understood by the white community in the sense but it is perceived to be quite unique and quite interesting to her character uh, we see this as well in the white people watching the Pricklebush community almost observing the in indigenous people as animals in a zoo there's a sense of um, consistent watching in awe it's, it's like they want to see what's happening next what the community what the Pricklebush community are going to do next um, and that is and when they have um, the initial turf war where they split between east and west side um, for indigenous communities um, you know there's a quote in the text and i was looking at it um, based on writing uh, through my plan about it um, this quote about the um the white community actually seeing the black smoke and knowing something was wrong um 
in in premise and it's like they're constantly waiting for things to happen you know when when the when the um i think it's the east no the brigham bush is the east when the west the west side um community walks uh, moves through the town to the other side of desperance there's this big kind of fascination with what they're doing and, and what and you know these turf wars they're very exciting they're very interesting from the white people from the white community um, the next meta language we'll talk about is hegemony which is the power of ruling class to conceive other classes that are, that their interests are in the interests of all um, often not only through means of economic and political control but more subtly through the control of education and media this is very vibrant through community meetings that are led by the white folk that push these you know, so-called important ideas onto the Indigenous communities. Um, Norm Phantom is always invited and there is a moment early in the text where we see that he can't be bothered with um, white information. So Norm is actually um, consistently invited to these, um, you know, white community meetings where we see we get the sense that he doesn't really give, he doesn't really care or give, want to give the time and effort to these um, issues that come up because they're not they're ultimately not um, his issues really or his community's issues. Um, so when we're looking at this whole um, white culture governing or majority culture governing the minority, um, we this is reflected also in Angel Day's understanding of, of description of white culture when it comes to this whole tip incident and her stealing the clock um there's a sense that we get the sense that her understanding of white people is that bit they're so um successful i guess because they have time and because they have uh religion and faith that it's completely different to how indigenous culture um works really um so you know the clock from the tip um, provides her or opens, allows her to feel like her family and her life will be open for opportunities and become more civilised and privileged because they're able to keep time and, and get to school on time. Uh, the kids can get to school on time and everything like that. So interesting, interesting. There is a sense that the whole of Desperance is a is a single community, but it's very apparent to all of the members in the community that there is a real hierarchy between the people, between the cultures, between the groups. Okay, now let's talk about hybridity. Um, as a post-colonial meta-language uh, piece, um, hybridity is the new trans-cultural forms that arise from cross-cultural exchange. Um, it can be social, political, linguistic, religious, etc. It's not necessarily a peaceful mixture, um, for it can be contentious and disruptive in its experience. So it's all about um, coming together of two cultures and creating, almost creating a new culture. Uh, we see this, we see this happening because of post-colonial experiences. So you know the encroachment of white culture into um, indigenous land owners culture and the way that that is uh, the, the way that that evolves um, 
so Norm Phantom, we see him as a very traditional, very traditional character. He's he holds tight um, this whole traditional way of living um, from the land. You know, cons- he's a big fisherman. He loves to do that. That's his thing. That's that's how he provides and whatnot for his family. Um, in con- or in juxt- to juxtapose that, we see his two older sons uh, both trying to assimilate into white culture. Now, we- there is a very real divide between, uh, a racial divide between these uh, two parties, um, both um, white and black parties. But they are very much, these two sons are very much trying to, you know, work and live in an open way, in, in an assimilating way to white culture. Um, you know, they're working in the mines. Um, we see this causing, tra- causing trauma with Kevin as he works, you know, tries to work in the mines and then becomes fatally injured. But Norm struggles with and Norm struggles and blames, you know, white colonialism um doing that to his son and then there's those people in the middle you know in between so you've got norm who's the extreme traditionalist and then you've got say his two older sons who are um open-minded and willing to assimilate um people like angel day we get the sense that she is trying to become a transformed woman who is still aligning to her culture you know she's still uh scavenging to provide for her family and you know take care of her her husband and whatnot, but she also um, samples from white culture uh, to bring into her life to try and enrich herself. So um, this is almost a almost a, like sliding scale in terms of where people sit. Um, the next post-colonial metalanguage identity, it's the way in which an individual and or group defines itself. Um, based on self-concept, social mores, and national understanding. This, um, I'm going to use two very prevalent characters. We've got Norm, who is very traditional in his way of living. Um, he thinks that that's the way things should be forever. And then we've got, um, which which informs his identity and his, and his decisions and his choices. And then we've got um, Bruiser, who is, you know, the patriarch, the mayor of the town, and he's, set morals and values um, around hegemony of the cultures provides him with a very different, very opposing identity, um, very violent or very um, negative identity. And we can go through all of the other characters in relation to that. The next one, magical realism, the adaption, uh, adaptation of Western realist methods of literature in describing the imagery life imaginary life of Indigenous cultures who experience the mythical, magical and supernatural in a decidedly different fashion from Western ones. This is all about um, Alexis Wright's very, very vivid and enticing portrayal of the way that Indigenous cultures live and um, the perspectives of Indigenous cultures as seen through white eyes. Um, It's interesting to get the sense of this or to be to be kind of dropped into this world where, you know, um, we're a part of these traditions and these cultures. We're a part of the community, um, part of the dialogue as through reading this text. 
Okay, now we've got mimicry. Mimicry is the means by which the colonizer adapt the culture of the colonizer, uh, but always in the process change in important ways, such as approach always contains in the ambivalence of hybrid hybridity. Um, it's all about, uh, in, in this instance, it's all about black culture um, assimilating or, or mimicking white culture um, or trying to um, copy, I guess, for simplicity of their own lives. Um, so even though Norm and Norm Phantom and Angel Day do live on the outskirts of town, they are still very much part of um, Desperance. And in such, you know, they do send their children to, you know, the schools in the town and whatnot. Um, their children work in town industries like the mines um so we get the sense that they are trying to there is a sense that um indigenous cultures are trying to mimic um and there are smaller smaller moments of this throughout as well um when it comes to post-colonial meta-language other and othering this is about the social and or psychological ways in which one group excludes or marginalizes another group um, so this is a very, this is a way in which, uh, this is a um, concept in which the um, Indigenous populations are um, outcasted, are ostracised, um, and we see that through them, uh, you know, Pricklebush, the Pricklebush community as well as um all Indigenous people within the area living on this out the cusp of this um, town rather than, you know, being allowed into it. Um, the idea that place, um, geographical place and location as a theme shows, you know, division of people through where they kind of are in the town. Um, and there is this kind of, and we see this kind of, um, I guess community mindset of how how the Indigenous people are so different from the white um, community as well through the way that um, each or all characters speak um, and, and we see that you know from white to black but also from black to white in the sense that there is this kind of um, bias as well around the Indigenous people and their perceptions of uh, white communities almost suggesting or declaring that they are the other as well, like completely different to Indigenous populations and their, you know, traditions and their values and whatnot. Um, last but not least, we've got subaltern, which is um, the lower or colonised classes who have little access to their own means of expression and are thus dependent upon the language and methods of the ruling class to express themselves. This is um, all about all about lack of um, lack of capabilities, lack of um, way of moving forward or way of creating or expressing. Um, so, in relation to this, we're, we're mostly looking at the idea that. 
Indigenous people may not have the means to be able to um, move forward or progress, I guess. Um, and we see this in um, descriptions around Kevin's learning, his education. You know, he's always said to be that he is quite intelligent and so on and so forth. Um, when he, but, but he's still no match for, you know, white educational facilities. And when he does have his accident, he's lost. Uh, I mean, Norm Phantom feels it. it's it's almost like Kevin's lost his entire potential. Um, and the whole the whole Bricklebush community feels it. They feel that. So I hope that's helpful. I hope going through all these things um, is, is quite helpful. I don't want to push the time too much because I know that this will be something additional for your learning. Um, definitely, these these this list of meta language also can be analysed through other key areas of the text as well. So definitely have a think about how um, they manifest and. Um, do extra reading around that to support your understanding and definitely have a chat through the comments as well. Um, thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye.